Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Useless Motivation. My name is Barney Barn Barn. Hope you're all doing well. That was a song called You Can't Save Me from my band Astro Chicken. I actually don't like to self-promote on this thing much, but I, uh, I did just release an album under my band's name, and it has a little bit of the original founding members, me and my buddy John LaProd. So if you're interested in the music you hear on these podcasts, please go to Spotify or iTunes or whatever and search Astro Chicken. The, uh, the band is called Astro Chicken, and the record that song is from and the song I'm going to play at the end is called National Detective Agency. <coughs> Excuse me. All right, enough of that shit. Gratitude. Gratitude. On my last podcast, we were talking about control and how we can't control things and how the world really controls us and we're just passengers. And um, I think that's all true. But you can still have gratitude. Um, I'm, I'm breaking a lot of useless motivation rules. First, I started off by promoting my own shit, but I think my music's good and you should listen to it, so I don't care. And then here's the second thing. I'm going to turn you guys on to a an actual motivational speaker. Do not adjust your sets. That's right. Barney Barn Barn, the, the host. I'm not a host. The, uh, the, the founder <laughs> of Useless Motivation is suggesting that you guys listen to an actual useful motivator. Um, this woman's name is, I'm going to say it wrong, Brene Brown, B-R-E-N-E apostrophe Brown, B-R-O-W-N. She has a book, and she has a, um, a Netflix special. I have not read the book. I have not seen the special. So why am I recommending this person whose work I haven't even listened to? I've listened to her in uh, two other contexts. I've listened to her in two podcasts. In both times, she kind of blew me away. Um, from what I can gather, from what I gather from those two podcasts, what she talks about, she's, I don't know what her title is. You'll have to figure that out yourself. I don't think she's a psychiatrist, but she, um, before she started doing these motivational, she did a motivational Ted talk and that's what's on Netflix. And, um, and who knows, I might watch it and think it sucks. But if the podcast that I, you know, two hour long podcasts where she was uh, interviewed by two different people is any inclination, she's somebody who really gets it. Um, I don't know what her background is, but she's she comes at motivation, and it's not even, I don't think she calls herself a motivational speaker. She, she gives this talk about gratitude, and that's what she's been studying. She's been studying um, how people interact and uh, how we can live with more compassion. I'm paraphrasing all her shit. All I can say is you should listen to her because... Um, she blew me away. I, I wrote down a couple things she said. One thing she said 
that I thought was awesome, and I wrote it down so I won't um, misquote her. Although I think she was quoting someone else, so this is a quote of a quote, but who cares? Um, she said that pain is not transformed. Sorry, I've already fucked it up. She said, pain that is not transformed will always be transmitted. In the context of her, I'll say it again, pain that is not transformed will always be transmitted. And that really spoke to me, because I don't know about you guys, when I'm in a bad mood, whether I, you know, whether it's at work or at home, I've, if I'm with someone that I feel comfortable enough to be uh, uh, honest about my mood around, which is, uh, unfortunately, my immediate family, but sometimes my brothers and sometimes, you know, a, a select few friends at work and elsewhere. And I, I don't know if you've ever done this. You're like in a shitty mood and you don't even want to, but you find yourself sort of dumping on somebody you really care about. You're just kind of like, you know, you're like, oh, I'm just venting, whatever. But you realize you're probably make. I don't know, again, maybe I'm saying you, but I'm talking about me. As, as you're sitting there complaining or maybe you're picking a fight with them or maybe you're just gossiping or whatever, it takes a while, but you slowly realize that you're making their day shitty. Pain, is not, pain that is not transformed will always be transmitted. You're transmitting that pain onto someone else. I, I'd be curious to hear if anybody else feels that way. I find when I'm in a shitty mood, I dump it on someone else. And what's funny is that not only does that not make me, it makes you, when you're doing it, you think you're purging, you think you're getting this out, you're venting. But what you're actually doing is you're just contaminating someone else. It, I'm not suggesting that we all hide our feelings and be polite all the time because that's bull, bullshit too because then you internalize it. But um, I, I think what she's getting at when she says pain that is not transformed will always be transmitted. And in other words, it's got, it's like energy. It's got to go somewhere. It's like if it doesn't go into the ground, you know how like if you play guitar, <laughs> there was a famous thing at old clubs. I think they fixed this where if your amp wasn't grounded and you touch your guitar strings and you touch the mic, you get a shock because there's electricity and it's like, I don't understand it. My brother Dan could explain it, but the, the electricity has to go somewhere, you know, and I think anger and frustration and pain and rage are kind of similar. And I think that's what this, uh, this woman was, was saying, uh, you know, it, 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 it spoke to me. It, it made, it, it was kind of an aha moment for me because it made me realize, oh, that's what I'm doing when I'm in a bad mood and I'm, I'm like putting it on someone else. And, you know, it's not that you can't talk about your bad mood, but maybe transform it first. You know, I think that's the point. Do something positive. Turn it in, turn that energy, do a podcast, write a song, do a painting, go for a run, you know, take a shower, whatever, like trans, t take that energy and really turn it into something. It's something I've done recently when I get in a really bad mood. Again, it doesn't matter whether it's work at home or at home. At work, I tend to mask my real feelings, so it's not as bad, but... It's happened at work, too, where I just have to fucking take a walk, you know, if I can. And if I'm really in a, in a, in a, in a brittle state where I know I am going to, I'm going to transfer that, that rage onto someone else, I'm just like, fuck it, I, I got I to gotta be alone. So there's no one, 
I, I, I can't let the guitar strings, yeah, I can't touch the guitar strings and touch the mic because that's going to transfer that pain onto that microphone, the microphone being the other person you're hanging out with who might, you know, have to deal with the barrage of your, of your anger. It's got to go somewhere. I mean, to be honest, and for those who know me and knew me at work, like, I'm, I mean, you know, there's some close family members <laughs> who think this is bullshit. But if, if you know me really well, you know I can rage. You know I can scream. You know, I mean, I'm sure even like the quietest person in your life or in your office or acquaintance that you have, you know, still waters run deep. And I'm sure everybody has you know, uh, a deep well of, 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 you know, feelings like this at some point in their life. <clears throat> I grew up in a family that really expressed those feelings. So then when I got out in the world and started having relationships, relationships and girlfriends and friends, it, it, it took a while for me to realize, oh, you don't act like that all the time. So then I had, so for, you know, from my like 20s on, I would like kind of, especially in professional situations, I would bottle it up. I would be the funny guy. I would be, you know, I would be the, um, not the appeaser, but the, uh, you know, like, oh, no, that's cool. Oh, no, no, that's cool. Yeah, no, that's cool. Whatever you did, that's cool. No, I'm not mad. And then secretly I'd be really raging. So again, I wasn't, transforming it I was just internalizing it so it was still being transmitted it just wasn't being transmitted out it was being transmitted in and that you know I think it's and it may be a cliche but I think that is uh it's just it can't be good you know I don't think it's necessary you know I I don't believe that it's like a finite thing and like the end and I mean the other thing I've learned from doing a little bit of meditation is that rage and anger and frustration and, and anxiety can also dissolve really quickly, like quicker than you realize. You know what I mean? And, and again, that's, that's where stuff like meditation or listening to your friend Barney on his podcast might help you transfer that energy into something else, you know, humor, you know, alpha waves, whatever the fuck, you know, just do what you can figure out what works for you. Again, I'm not being prescriptive here. I'm just saying, if you're feeling raised, if you look at another, you know, podcast I listen to about meditation says this says, just look like when you're really feeling frustrated, anxiety, anxious, angry, just look at that. Just turn around and turn it on itself and say, where is it? Where is where is it in your body? Where is it in, in your, your mind, in your speech? Like, take a look at it. If you try to find it, it almost immediately dissipates. You know, it, it's not going to cure your problem. If there's a, a serious physical thing in the world that's upsetting you, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm not saying don't tell people about your problems. I'm just saying that animalistic rage where your adrenaline goes up, you got to dissipate. You have to transform that. Otherwise, it's going to... It's, it's, it's not going to be healthy for you or for anyone. All right. What else do I have? Um, the other thing, uh, you know, she's kind of a little, you know, you guys know I'm a big old atheist. This uh, Brene Brown that I'm talking about is quasi-religious. She's not like, you know, she's not pushing any kind of biblical um, 
dogma, from what I can tell from the couple times I've heard her. But uh, she said another interesting thing, which kind of dovetails into a thought I've always had. Um, I have a lot of friends and family who have been in 12-step programs, which are anonymous programs, so I will not talk about who those people are. I am not one of them. But I, I'm very versed in that sort of 12-step AA world. And again, as an atheist, I've always been a little suspect because it kind of has a whole higher power thing. If you've ever been to a, a 12-step meeting, they have a whole thing at the end about giving up to a higher power. And I remember having um, not, a, not an epiphany, but a, I had a... Uh, I remember thinking about this and thinking like, and I actually did go to a 12-step thing, not not um, one of these, uh, a non, you know, where like for relatives of people who uh, who are having issues. and But it's the same principles. Um, and I definitely had a problem with the sort of religious aspect of it, but somebody said to me, or I can't even remember if I just sort of came to this myself, so I'm just trying to dig into my memory banks, but I came to the conclusion that Hey, it's okay. You know, I mean, they couch it as higher power, so it doesn't offend any specific denomination. But I realized you could think of a, if you think about great things that are done, I mean, you know, men and women, I think, do better when they're alone in the, in the long run. But if you really want to accomplish something, you're probably going to need help. Whether you, and that's a creative thing, you want to make a movie, you want to start a company, you want to start a band, you want to start a sports team. We, we are social animals. And, um, you know, especially in this day and age of, you know, sitting here on our phones, we could really isolate very easily, and we often do. I'm guilty of that as, as much as the next person. And I'm sitting here in a room talking to myself, so that's pretty isolating. Um, but, the 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 sort of aha moment I had about higher power and about you know being an atheist and still you know kind of the stuff I've talked about on the other podcast the dark hallway and you know just living in the moment and all that the fact is if there is any sort of transcendent thing that we can do as humans it's got to be with another person it can whether it's just you know a, a romantic situation or a friendship or a ba- like or a team, or a band, like, at the end of the day, think of all the greatest moments you've had in your life. Maybe some of them were when you were alone. Like, I've, I've had good moments alone. I, I like doing these podcasts. I've, I've said that before. But I'd be really surprised if anybody said, yeah, the greatest moment I ever had was, like, sitting alone on a beach or something. Like, you might, oh, it's nice if you're around people a lot. You're like, oh, it's nice to be on the beach alone. But if you think of any great moment in your life, it's probably involving at least one other person. All right, and like, if there's something that you, that I, as an atheist, would call divine, it would be those moments. You know what I mean? It's like, if there's, you notice I, I can't even say the word God. I'm like Fonzie trying to apologize. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm sure. You know, so like, I, I, and I really don't want to say the word God. But if there's any higher power, to use the twelve step um, metaphor. The higher power is people working together. And whether it's to solve a problem, whether it's for a personal thing or something else, it, it, there is, I mean, even if you're an artist working alone, if you're painting, you're writing, and even if you're like, oh, you don't want to be commercial, you don't care if millions, you don't, you're not doing it for immortality or any of that bullshit or for fame, 
like Kurt Vonnegut always said he writes for one person. He was always writing for his sister in one of his uh one of his essays about his uh his sister dying. It was just uh, and go read it, just just Google it. And he just talks about how up until the day she died, and he said, even after, he said, every time he was writing a book, he'd go, oh, yeah, she'd really like this. Uh-huh. She, she'd think this was stupid. Oh, I, she'll understand what I'm talking about here. So, so I, even like the solitary thing of like a novelist, you're doing it for, like, even if you're not doing it with someone else, you're doing it for someone else. And that's a higher power. That, that is, a, two people is a higher power than one person. Four people is higher than two. On and on. You can, you know, that power can turn into a mob. That power can turn into, you know, we have all these right-wing and left-wing people punching each other in the face. Fucking idiots. I don't want to get political, but the way people react. Um, see, see that? Did you see that rage? Did you see, that? I, I, did you see what I just did there? I, I uh, transmitted that rage. I suddenly started thinking about politics. Got really upset at stupid people punching people in the street. And I transmitted, without even explaining the, the, the incident that I was thinking about, I transmitted that rage about it to you instead of transforming it. And obviously we're not perfect. We're not always going to be able to transform. Um, I'm not talking about gratitude, am I? Because yeah, I'm talking about this one specific thing that she was talking about, but the, the, the bigger thing she talks about is having gratitude towards other people. Having gratitude that there is somebody who can help you with something. You know, the whole thing of being in service to others and being able to, uh, to, to really appreciate when someone does something for you. Um, I just did a, a charity show. We do these charity shows for suicide prevention called um, Charlotte's Jam. And uh, my friend Jonah, young guy, uh, helped curate this last one. He got all his, you know, he's a real good musician he does rock but he's also like a jazz guy and he got all these jazz guys and they were all such amazing musicians but I saw them setting up and I, and I saw how vulnerable they all, all were some of them hadn't they were all young they were like early 20s so some of them hadn't performed much but they were all like seriously all of them were so talented and I have such and I realized I was trying to find the words during the night to express the gratitude I had that they would come to this this charity event and um and, you know, expose themselves, you know. Um, well, I honestly did not plan this, but I'm coming up on my 20 minutes, which is kind of where I try to top these things out. And I just said the word exposed, and I planned to put this song in, so I'm going to cue it up. It's another song from my new Astro Chicken record. And actually, that guy I just told you about, Jonah, plays on it. And the song is called Exposed. And it's, uh, it's a good song. It's kind of my Dylan-esque kind of vibe. Now you're exposed. Meets, uh, I don't know, Barney. The armor breaks. Thanks for listening. Stay useless. Now you're exposed. a lot about mortality, immortality, stability, instability, and ability to the best of my ability. 
And a lot of what's been crossed my mind is stuff about consciousness, subconsciousness, and agility. And maybe a longevity. Now I don't need no sermon on the mound, no theologians with the Trojans and horses of vitality. More like stability. But I've been reading some wise men, but under advisement. And the consequences, thoughts I'm having about time, space, and infinity. Second, the last second, and the next second, here it comes. The arm of freaks. 